Hello, and welcome to Scare You to Sleep. I'm your host, Shelby Scott. First and foremost, I wanted to say thank you so much to Apple Podcasts for featuring us in their new and noteworthy section. I am beyond thrilled, and it brought some warmth to my cold little heart. If you can rate and review this podcast, please do. I'm also doing a little experimental episode soon, and I need your help. I would like to read your real paranormal stories. Have you ever had an eerie encounter with something otherworldly? Tell me about it. Email me at scareyoutosleep at gmail.com, where you can also still send your fictional stories as well. Now, on to this week's story. Have you ever had that feeling of someone watching you from the corner of the room? Something in the shadows that you just can't make out. Well, you aren't imagining it. Let me introduce you to someone who was plagued by that shadow. Someone who actually met the charred man. Editor's note. I work for a prestigious medical journal, and I was given permission by my supervisors to publish the following pages under the strict conditions that I do not reveal my name or the name of my employer. A diary was sent to our psychology department by the author's husband with the hopes that it would help further the research into the neurological disorder known as cataplexy. Cataplexy is a medical condition in which strong emotion or laughter causes a person to suffer sudden physical collapse, though remaining conscious. Cataplexy can be a symptom of narcolepsy and can often be mistaken for narcolepsy. Cataplexy without narcolepsy is extremely rare and there is no known cause. What you are about to read is the diary of a woman who suffers from cataplexy without narcolepsy. My employer deemed it unusable due to the fact that the subject was not being monitored during any of the incidences. I, on the other hand, have spoken with the subject's family. The husband said he was unsure if he should send the diary to a medical journal or to a parapsychologist. His hopes were that having the diary published in a medical journal would give it credence and that his wife would not become known as a charlatan. As there is no further evidence to support the claims made in the diary's pages, I spent some time with the author's husband, and I believe her story needs to be heard. If modern science chooses to ignore this, then so be it, but I will fight to make this known as a warning to those who have loved ones who suffer from the same illness. What they are seeing is real. Please help them in any way you can. I have transcribed the following word for word from a small, brown leather-bound notebook. Its pages mostly blank. Only the names have been changed. September 2nd, 2012 Hello, diary. My name is Nika. It's a pleasure to meet you. Just so you know, I haven't had a diary since I was seven, so I admit this feels a little silly. You were a gift from my husband, Grant. 
He thinks this is going to help me cope with my emotions. He said that if I keep it up, it would be fun for our future kids and grandkids to read. But I have a feeling I'm going to find you under our bed ten years from now, collecting dust next to that scarf I never finished knitting. Plus, my emotions have been fine lately. The move was a little intense, but now that we're settled into our new house, it has been two weeks since my last incident. Sitting here on this porch, soaking up the last few warm rays of the day, I can't imagine another one anytime soon. Gotta go, diary. Grant is calling. Breaking Bad is coming on. It's the last episode of the first half of the last season. If my future kids or grandkids are reading this, just know that I'm incredibly jealous of the fact that you can binge watch this whole series right now without having to wait a whole freaking year. October 3rd, 2012. Okay, so some stuff has been happening and I feel like I'm going crazy. I remembered I had this diary and maybe writing all this down will make it seem less crazy. Like when Shaggy and Scooby-Doo are afraid of the monster and Velma strolls in and rips off his mask like no big deal. I need you to be my Velma diary. This is just the bare bones of what happened. Hopefully when it's written in black and white, I'll see how stupid this all is. And everything is because of something completely not scary. Then it'll be a funny story to tell at Thanksgiving. Remember when Nika thought that there was a ghost in her house? Oh, that Nika, so brilliant and creative, is what they'll definitely probably say. Okay, so first things first. I've been having a lot of episodes lately. The medication was working so well, and it just seemed to stop. It still works if I'm super happy or when I hear bad news on the radio. It worked so well, in fact, that I thought my cataplexy was somehow cured wrong. Like I said, I still don't have a reaction to things I used to react to. Now it's different. I don't have to see or hear something. For instance, I was at the top of the stairs and it happened. I was just going about my business, carrying fresh towels up to the linen closet and boom, the most intense feeling of sadness I've ever felt. My body buckled, and somehow I managed to fall forward and not backwards down the stairs. The towels I was holding saved me from any major face damage. Then, a few days later, I was in the shower, when all of a sudden I felt this overwhelming sense of dread. Like, bad. Like, like someone had told me my entire family was dead. I dropped. I hit the tub hard enough to leave a sizable bruise across my right hip and thigh. The shower head was pointed right where my head landed. Luckily, Grant was home and heard the noise, otherwise I may have drowned. I called my mom and asked her if I'd ever been triggered by seemingly nothing before. And she said no. She said it was always something fairly obvious. I scheduled an appointment with my doctor, really hoping to receive some answers. The covered in bruises look is not for me. October 12th, 2012. Editor's note. This entry broke away from Nika's typically neat handwriting. It was written in large, messy letters across two pages. This has to stop. 
I told Grant I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. October 15th, 2012. Sorry for that last diary entry. I just had to get away. Grant was devastated. He doesn't believe me when I tell him what's going on. He thinks I'm making up excuses just to leave him. It, it isn't him. It's the, he's the love of my life. I, I just couldn't stay in that house for another minute. I threw some clothes in an old backpack and drove the six hours to my mom and stepdad's house. Now that I've had a few days to calm down, I feel like I have to write down what happened. I was sitting on the couch and watching TV. It was late, probably around midnight. Grant was at a friend's house playing poker and said he'd be home around 1.30 or 2. I was watching some old movie, it doesn't matter which. What does matter is that our couch faces our TV, duh, and from it you can also see past the kitchen to a sliding glass door that leads to our backyard. So I'm sitting and watching this movie when I start to get that bad feeling again. It was bad enough to make me pause the movie and look around, but not enough to trigger the cataplexy. And that's when I saw it. I don't even want to describe a diary. I feel like it can hear me or something. I have to, though, for posterity and all that. It was standing outside the sliding glass doors. It had wiry black hair on its head and skin that was charred and black. It looked like a man, or like it was one once. It had a broad, sinister smile and its eyes were wide open, and it was staring right at me. I immediately fell sideways onto the couch losing control of my body, I was forced to stare at this horrible thing. It grabbed the handle of the door. Its hand looked like there was smoke or steam coming off of it. The door slid open slowly. Immediately, the smell of burning trash and decay hit me square in the face. I think it was the smell that brought me back. Regaining control of my body, I sat up gagging. The thing was gone, but I know it isn't really gone. It's still there, waiting for me. Grant got home about 30 minutes later. A friend had dropped him off. I was sitting on the front lawn wrapped in a blanket. He was a little drunk, and I think he was embarrassed that I was sitting in our front yard sobbing like a crazy person especially since I started screaming that there was a monster in our house as soon as the car door opened. He tried to usher me inside, but when I refused, he carried me in. I packed my things while we fought. Stupidly, I told my mom and stepdad what happened. Now they just look at me with the same pitiful look you'd give an old person with dementia. Mom made me an appointment with my old doctor. October 23rd. 2012. I think it's time to go home. I miss my husband. The doctor has mostly convinced me that I'm just having hallucinations. 
It's a common side effect of my condition. He put me on antipsychotics. They make me drowsy, but as long as I don't see the charred man again, I'll deal with it. November 1st, 2012. He got closer this time. I stepped out of our bedroom last night to get some water, and he was at the other end of the hallway. That smell. The smell will never leave me, diary. It was the same as the last time I saw him. Yeah, that terrifying grin. Smoke wafted from the cracks in his black skin. He had no clothes on. When I dropped, all I could see were his feet. He moved slowly towards me. His heavy footsteps leaving behind soot and viscera. Grant heard me fall. He came to my side and sat me up. I watched the charred man lift a finger to his disgusting lips. Then he spoke. With a deep, animalistic growl, he said, They'll just think you're crazy. And he's right. November 2nd, 2012. Maybe I am just crazy. December 20th, 2012. He set our Christmas tree on fire. I know even Grant saw him this time. Why won't he admit it? Why would he make me think I'm insane? I'm not insane! I don't know who the charred man is, but he was there. I saw Grant see him. He appeared in our living room while I was wrapping presents on the floor. When I collapsed, he laughed, smoke pouring from his open mouth. He brushed his burnt fingers over the branches, and it went up like kindling. When Grant smelled the smoke, he ran in. The charred man was almost able to reach me this time. He even stretched out his arms to grab me. His skin splitting and oozing out red and clear liquids that smelled of decay. I looked over, and Grant was standing on the other side of the tree. It's as if through the fire, he could finally see him. The look on his face said so much, and he... When he bent over to vomit, that said the rest. The charred man backed into the fire, disappearing for now. As soon as I could snap out of it, I grabbed my phone and called 911. Grant won't talk to me. I think he's afraid of me. December 28th, 2012. They can lock me away, but the charred man will still come. No date. Editor's note. This entry was written in a strange brown ink. There were also water stains on the pages that don't appear on the others.
Grant looks so peaceful when he sleeps. I screamed and yelled. I pointed at the remains of our living room. I picked up the half-melted angel that had fallen from the top of the Christmas tree and I threw it at him. He just looked at me with pity. He looked at me like he was sorry. I thought it was because he believed me. They had to restrain and sedate me. I couldn't stay, though. I have to stop the charred man. I have to save Grant. This is our house, not his. I love you, Grant. Editor's note. This is where the diary ends. I visited Grant to gather more information. He says that Nika returned home that night. She was described to be wearing a hospital gown and was soaking wet. He says that he awoke around 3 a.m. to see her walking out of their bedroom. He was alarmed as she had been committed by court order to the local mental health facility after starting a large fire in their home. She was deemed a danger to herself and to others. I recorded our conversation. The only thing that has been edited is I took out Grant's real name when I spoke it. I'll play it for you now. Go ahead. I smelled the smell that she talked about in her diary. <clears throat> it was like burnt trash and rotting meat. I jumped out of bed. I mean, my wife was walking around in a wet hospital gown. I was furious with the hospital for just letting her waltz out, but I think I was more embarrassed having to face her after doing that to her. I didn't know what else to do, you know? Christ, when a fucking asshole does that to his wife? I had her chucked in a fucking loony bin. Mr. What happened when you got to the door of your bedroom? Did you see your wife? Yeah, I saw her. And even in that wet hospital gown, hair all stuck to her face. She was so beautiful. She looked back at me and smiled. Before I could say anything, I heard this loud roar. It rattled the whole house. Then I saw it. It was at the other end of the hallway. She wasn't crazy. She was never crazy. There it was. Black skin that was cracked and oozing blood and pus. Big white eyes. And that shit-eating grin. What did you do? I... I pissed myself. Look... It was like nothing I had ever seen before, and it was here to, to do something to my wife. I don't know what he wanted with her. I didn't know how to protect her. How do you fight something like that? I didn't know if it was a demon or a zombie. Do I invoke the name of Christ or shoot it in the head? I didn't have to do anything, though. She saved me. Your wife? Yeah. She stared that motherfucker down like a lioness protecting her cub. She was calm, but serious. She said to it, 
get out of my house. It said something to her, but I didn't understand it. It sounded like it was speaking Latin or something. Whatever it said, it made her angry. This next part, you're not, you're not going to believe me. I don't believe me sometimes, but I saw it with my own eyes. Please, go on. Like I said, whatever that thing said to her made her real mad. She took a deep breath and shrieked like a banshee. All the glass in the house busted. Windows, mirrors, wine glasses, everything. Then it started raining inside the house. That was the last thing I saw before I passed out. That sound busted both my eardrums. I also had a concussion. The thing was gone, and so was she. I have a feeling she won, though. Just this sort of calm feeling, you know? So you haven't seen her since that night? No. She's probably off doing something more important than visiting the asshole or had her committed instead of helping her. Mr. This is difficult to ask, but you are aware that your wife was found deceased at the county mental health facility the night you saw her? Her estimated time of death is 3 a.m. She drowned in a bathtub. They said it was a suicide, but there were third-degree burns all over our arms and throat. They never could answer why that was, but I know. It finally got her. It made a mistake, though, because she came back. She came back mad as hell. I ended my conversation with Grant here. He now lives in a different location, but he gave me the address of his former home, which he still owns. He couldn't give me a straight answer as to why he hasn't tried to sell it. I visited the home. It was untouched since the night of the incident, almost four years ago. He had given me a key to the front door. Not that I needed it. The windows on both floors of the home were blown out from the inside. There were yellowing plastic tarps covering each of them. I stepped through the door and it looked like local teenagers had turned the former home into a party house. There were beer cans and condom wrappers everywhere. The inside had mostly been gutted, but there were things that immediately jumped out to me. There was the spot where the now ruined couch still sat facing the sliding glass door where Nika had first laid eyes on the charred man. The walls and carpet were scorched in front of the busted out bay window. I assume that's where the Christmas tree once stood before it went up in flames. The stairs were covered in spray-painted monikers, and little hearts surrounded by initials were carved into the railing. As I climbed, the closer I got to the second floor, the worse shape the steps were in. They were swollen and misshapen. The varnish was cracked and peeling. When I arrived at the top, I felt my chest tighten. I admit, up to this point, I was still incredibly skeptical about Grant's story. My theory was that Nika had been having hallucinations and that she was the one who started the fire. A housewife having a psychotic break and in desperate need for attention from an unsympathetic husband. 
The hallway at the top of the stairs looked like a battlefield. At the far end, there had been a severe fire. The walls were ash, and you could see into the surrounding rooms. There were black scorch marks where the flames had licked the ceiling. The marks extended to the floor and stopped halfway down the hall. At the other end, there were water stains, peeling paint and moldy drywall. I returned to my hotel room, satisfied with my findings. I contacted my employer and she commended my efforts but said that it just wasn't the kind of story that was published in our journal. I understood and told her I would be back Monday after my little foray into ghost hunting. That night, I woke around 3am from a horrific nightmare about the charred man. It was so real I thought I could actually smell him. It isn't unusual to start having nightmares while working on an intense case. I'm not a spiritual man, but something this veiled in the paranormal got to me. I went to the bathroom to splash some water on my sweaty face and slipped on a puddle of water that was on the floor. I grabbed the side of the tub for support and my hand landed on a wet scrap of paper. In brown ink were the words, He's coming for you. I would have known that handwriting anywhere. I can feel him. Sometimes I can smell him. I don't ever see him. And I believe it's because I don't suffer from cataplexy. Those who suffer from this and other such afflictions, such as sleep paralysis and narcolepsy, they can see things that we can't. They get a sort of peek behind the curtain. They toe the line between our world and theirs during their episodes. I can't see the monster who stalks me, but I know he's getting closer. This will be the last I speak of it. Like Nika said, I feel like he knows when I'm talking about him. So please, for the love of whatever god you may believe in, help your loved ones when they say they saw something standing in the corner of the room. Believe them. What they're seeing is real. Thanks for listening. I need to give a special thanks to my husband, James Scott, for his scary to sleep debut as grant remember to follow us on twitter and instagram at scare you to sleep and to give our facebook page a like also please send me your stories both fictional and non to scare you to sleep at gmail.com music and sound effects can be found in the show notes now go get some sleep Sweet dreams.